we want to re-baseline you. We want you to be able to make friends and influence people in the pub without telling us anything about what you do. That 15 minutes of going down and having a cup of coffee with your mates suddenly could solve all kinds of problems and get things done quicker. If we can just fly like a hurricane, we're back to dance like a butterfly, sting like a bee. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Hi, folks, it's Friday again, and we're here in the room with me and Garvin. And, oh, nobody else at the moment. They they didn't cop in. They didn't. Oh, where are they gone? No, 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 George. They're all here. They're all lining up. But no, just they're all here. Quite, didn't, we're didn't back to go. There. The guest in the room is Mr. and Mrs. Universe. Whoever you are, you're in the room. We're just not going to ask you any yes. questions. And we're just not going to let you talk. So nothing different really is going to go on <laughs> in the sense of our guests and how we work the show. So he's waving something at me again. I don't know what it is. I'm not even going to ask. But <laughs> I was really actually, what was starting to happen was I, the last bunch of weeks, we've had a bunch of guests. And I was talking to George just before this show and realizing what's our format? Uh, and I, I thought for I, for a couple of months there, I I was under the illusion it was a co-hosted podcast. Podcast, but what we arrived at, and maybe you, George, will agree or disagree, is no, no, no. There's only one host of this show. It ain't me. It's him. He's <laughs> he introduces at the beginning. He 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 rounds up at the end. He even talks to the guest, asks some questions, lets them answer. And I'm going, no, 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 I'm here as well. No, I'm not. I am an unruly guest. I am the perennial guest that's there just in case George has me here, just in case no one else turns up. So it's not, hello, it's in the room. It's in the room with George. And Garvin is the perennial guest. And so it's not there's no one here. I'm here. I'm just bloody useless. And I'm not any good at including <laughs> anybody else. So George's role is to control me, educate me, try and train me. I'm, I'm the monkey. You know, I don't, I think at the monkey grinder. You don't want to talk to the monkey. You want to talk to the grinder. So that's where I think we are now. We have a guest. It's me. George. It's George's show. There will be, has been secondary guests. And we've got a lineup starting to queue up coming to this show shortly. So this is probably the last time you're going to get a Garvin and George without someone else in the room other than the invisible man in this case. Or woman, sorry. But the <laughs> woman, yes. But the interesting thing is that we are uh, we're talking about frameworks, we're talking about structure and formats, you know, all of those sort of things that give some sense of structure to to the program. And as you, as you just mentioned, I tend to introduce the program and I conclude the program at the end, try and give a, a little bit of a wrap up just to see, you know, if we can remember what was was, was, was happening during the sprawl of this, this show that lasts about, well, the last ones have been lasting for about 55 minutes to an hour because we've been engrossed with our our guests who have been fascinating. But it's, and it's interesting, the kind of roller coaster of sometimes of emotions. But thankfully, at the end of it, we've been getting confirmation from our guests that they've enjoyed the experience. And that's the key thing. They've no, George, the George, George, they're afraid. They're, they're just very, very afraid. I keep on telling them how <laughs> tall I am. From the moment they arrived, I shouted at them. From the moment they arrived, I, I, I was got louder, more excitable, totally ignored them. And you've even told me the first hello to Danielle Serpico was I started insulting her. No, now, I wasn't insulting I her. That was the Irish sense of humour. That was the crack as they call it. And if you're not able for the crack, I know Doreen had experience of the crack as well, but that was C-R-A-C-K, not C-R-A-I-C. So she was looking out the window. There's a couple of builders out in our line of view. There was plenty of crack to be had there, but in our case, we like to bring a little bit of the crack and hopefully a little bit of the entertainment, a little bit of feeling comfortable in a room in this virtual pub so you can be yourself and put your job at the door. So, yes, there's a bit of structure. It's not the crack in the wall. It's not the crack in the back. It's the crack, per se. 
But I do think you have to have the right accent. At the moment, I don't have the right accent. I, I've got to work on my accent. As you've got to work on your your behaviour issues, let's no, say. My behaviour issues. Work on this accent. <laughs> <laughs> behaviour issues. Yeah. Well, I think behaviour is that's a fantastic thing. We, we've been talking about structures, and we're thinking about the model of of our particular form that we're producing. How we, you know we need to get into a structured model so that we can repeat this process time and time again. And a lot of things that have been coming to me over the last couple of weeks in modeling have been about how to model one's behavior, how to get one's behavior correct for whatever it is that you want to do. And usually we, we've got ourselves, the chitter chatter box, which we mentioned quite a few times in our show, has been coming out in lots of different people who have been finding themselves in sort of some sense of isolation, doesn't matter where they are, but they've, they've been over-criticizing themselves. They've been finding their imposter syndrome hitting them in the stomach and setting off that little butterflies in them, you know, wondering if should they really be there or are they just this imposter that should be, you know, kicked George, out and found when they're it's found It's all out very clothing. well if it was butterflies in the stomach. I've got feckin' pterodactyls. You're going, there's, there's prehistoric <laughs> monsters in there because we're in the film industry, as they say, where there's no little butterfly anything. Now, the only butterfly there might have been that little flap of a butterfly wing, we're on the other side of the planet with the tidal wave. That's the problem. We yeah, set off it. a butterfly wing <laughs> flap and we're coming up with a chitter chatter tidal wave of we're the only voice in the room that doesn't belong in the room, giving out to ourselves and telling us how good or bad we are. That's meant to be a positive voice. And as you said, if I'm left alone with my voice in a room, you can get, other people can hear screaming. They don't, what's going on down there? He's talking to himself, shouting on himself. It's, He's having an argument with himself, and what's more, he's losing, you know, which is not good. So we have to, if you're going to have an argument with yourself, for God's sake, win, will you? No, back to <laughs> Ah, it's about being in the presence, and he's just remembered that I'm here as well, so I can join into the conversation. But again, the hurricane, all these hurricanes that are starting off, would you believe it, that it may be that they're about to find out that the hurricanes that are going off, that started off more so this year than the, the years in, in the past, have really because we've been doing this podcast, and the vibration have been going out from little old island and they've been rumbling around the world and they've got around again and keep sort of upsetting the planet all I, the time which is wonderful so, i don't again i'm hoping to god you know what i'm talking about because i certainly don't <laughs> but like a hurricane no i don't know if it's a song like a, a boxing match whatever it was but a couple of words my, we want to be like a hurricane we want to no it's not wreck and destroy and yeah, and and you no know, damage left, right, and center. No, that will do on a normal journey anyway. But if we can just fly like a hurricane, you know, or no, I think I'm thinking now of Cassius Clay, good old uh, Muhammad Ali himself. It's probably we're back to dance like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That fucking butterfly is back again. But I mean, he was no butterfly, and he was, you know, he might have been sort of dancing like a butterfly. But then Mr. Hurricane himself, if he stood, if that punch hit home. It will more than sting you. It will knock you for six. Forget six and half a dozen and nothing. It's four score and ten. You're out for the count. We're a hurricane. We're, we're, we're starting to rise. You'll recognize a hurricane when it's coming. Watch out, world. We're starting to blow. So it's, it's actually Neil Young's like hurricane. And he sang with uh, Crazy Horses, apparently. Oh, back I in... love Crazy Horses. <laughs> Yeah, crazy horses. It's it. it seems to indicate sort of around about 1975 and 1977. But as you spoke there, I was I was being reminded of the hurricane planes from the Second World War. I've gone back into the past again, and the Spitfires that used to go around as well. All the models that I've got, the Spitfires that hanging around somewhere, or still need to be made. You know, it's, it's quite quite interesting. You're gonna love this. Those George. kind of nostalgic times. Yeah, go on. I'm gonna turn. See, because I'm dyslexic. No, you say you're dyslexic. I think I'm, I'm dyslexic. now dyslexic. In it's like that when women are pregnant, the men start. Osmosis has gone yeah, through. Yeah, I'm now in harmony <laughs> with your dyslexia. So what I'm hearing when you say Spitfire is fire spit, because that's what I do at most people within my range every other day of the week. I'm shouting at them and spitting out. I don't realize the lips are flapping and because of the speed involved of the voice coming out, I'm spitting at them left, right and center. Never mind what goes on if you weren't wearing a mask in this day and age. Oh, you want to be avoiding me like the play because I'm shouting at you now and spitting at you as well. So fire spit at them. But if you're firing spit at them, I get rid of the fire and get rid of the spit. I'm firing something at them. Hopefully it's something of interest, some information, something I'm... I want to get across. That's what we want to do. We're, we're, we need to be spitfires. Now, fire spit. No, fire, be a hurricane. 
be that Spitfire, be that Hurricane, go out there, because they won the war. They won the war for the Battle of Britain, those Spitfires. They, they got, actually, you're back to you, I'm thinking of you in that, you know, <laughs> your, your, your ace rimmer jacket. So now we've brought yes. it back to George wants to be in a Spitfire, in his ace rimmer jacket, you know, winning the Battle of, forget Britain, we're not winning the Battle of Britain, winning the Battle of Wits, because that's what we're back to. In this show going forward, be forewarned, be forearmed. If you get in here between the pair of us, you better be armed to the teeth. You better bring your wit. You better bring the crack, because we're going to be cracking that whip. And you're not going to get a word in edgewise unless we deem you have something of value and interest to say that's entertaining to the universe. One of the, one of the biggest issues that uh, we've also been discovering is that, that most people don't really know how to tell their story. And this is something that's becoming part of our way of thinking. It's the story of you. Uh, we keep talking about the story of us, but really it's the story of you. It's focusing on the other person and looking at, see what their story is. And quite often from a counseling coaching perspective, you're looking to see what their blind spots are. But in the same time, as you start to explore these stories, you go into a wonderful world, as you say, exploration of discovery, of finding all kinds of possibilities of where the what if is always, was always something. We, we were talking a short time ago about, we watched a movie over the weekend and it was about time travel. And we kind of went, hmm, that doesn't quite work because if they went to the future and did what they did there and they tried to go back to the past and do what they did there, that future doesn't exist. Yeah, we're giving out to the continuity editor. That's this. <laughs> I see the continuity editor, but parallel universes. In other words, that that timeline did actually carry on wherever it went. And the hue and 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 don't want to spoil the film there, but he, he, no, no. The thing is that um, in in the time travel thing that we were starting to more look at, I started thinking about uh, a film uh, TV series called Continuum that was out a few years back, Canadian sort of series, pretty good. And what happened in that one was there was a girl sent back into the past to stop somebody who was a terrorist going back and changing what was going to happen in the future. Now, what was interesting in that series was that by the third episode, it was third series, season rather, not the third episode, there were people traveling back from different timelines that they'd actually created as they went along. So the, the original timeline was still going on. There wasn't this paradox that we normally see in the older movies where they just have one single timeline. There was multiple timelines that were being created depending on which action, actions people actually made. And I think that that's becoming curious because that seems to be the way that a lot of filmmakers are now getting around the time paradoxes that could be created if you change things in the past. Now, I, You're going to love this, George. A... I'm trying to look as if I'm paying attention to you. What I'm actually doing is <laughs> I'm hearing the dogs barking outside. I'm trying to write <laughs> to the wife without anyone noticing that. Bring in the dogs. Bring in the dogs. The continuity is going to be thrown here because the barking. And, and George is going to be doing some work <laughs> later on. And he's going to hear this big barking in the background. And we're going, no, leave it in. Leave it in. Because if someone even notices that, then they're, well, maybe they're not, but if, if they get to the stage where everybody knows the barking, that's what's, what actually happened there was they're listening to the show and they decided to stop listening to me and listen to what's behind me in the background because that was, that was more entertaining and more interesting. So now I'm going to, well, One we can actually word. do that, Garvin, in the background. Yeah. We can actually we can actually take the background noise and replace that instead of you. But so I we can, so you'll be here with all this kind exactly. of But you started talking about behavior for a minute we, we nearly went off the coaching mentoring behaviorism theory there but i heard the word before you went off into that little bit what i really really heard was the word oh behave and i think that's kenneth williams and it might be it's garvin behaves oh, yes, yes. because be, you don't care about behavior what you're saying is i Please, God, Garvin, behave. Because we're on, we're <laughs> on the show now. And if we have guests, that's you gotta behave in front of the guests. You gotta be cognizant of them. You have to bring them in. You gotta, you'll be you're there for you. And I, I looked at one of our shows there the other day, and poor old Wayne Denner. And when you when you done the out did the outtakes to yourself and him, and I was listening to my little story about walking down the catwalk, but then you were showing me the little <laughs> bit of editing of what was going on from your face and his face while I was having my rant and my little mem walk down memory lane. And both of you were going, oh God, here we go again. Don't know what this one's going to be, but we got like, uh, it could be two minutes, could be three, could be one. 
we just have to shut up and let it go. And then we can get back to actually talking about maybe sort of cybersecurity, which is the subject of the day. You know, so oh, behave. <laughs> Ken Williams, I would think the way he said it was oh, behave. I don't, I can't even say it. But he was yeah. saying, you know, we want a little bit of that game of how he was saying it because there was a little story in there, a bit of fun in the old behave. But we want to be told to all behave. But at the same time, I think actually Laurie, one of our guests there, I can't remember a second for a second, George might say it, but because it's a lovely oh, double barrel, triple barrel sonnet. But same thing. Yeah. It was a little bit of innuendo slipped into the show. And we couldn't help where we brought it. Because you're in the pub, you're not going to ignore that lead in. You have to go with it. You got to go on the fly. Sorry, George. I'll I'll behave. And back to you. That's that's exactly why we have to do these shows every so often, where it's just me, Garvin, just so Garvin can let rip, <laughs> let rip. Then I won't rip that one. That's rant. it. <laughs> and then yeah, and then hopefully it's kind of I, I'm just kind of going like this, kind of looking through. Oh my God, has he finished yet? <laughs> no, 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 no. But interesting there, isn't it, that body language, it's only when you actually started to watch the shows afterwards that you began to see the body language of all the other people that were uh, I was ignoring show, kind of going, oh, what's going on? <laughs> Communication, that's, that's it. what it's really all about. This is what we're trying to do. We're trying to communicate people. We're trying to get some kind of story across that has some kind of meaning and purpose, some direction. Believe it or not, these do have a direction. Usually it's around about 39 minutes. <laughs> Yes, how to use up 45 minutes of your time and go, no matter what you do after that, you go, thank God, I'm never doing that again. And I now know how to value my own time and never listen to that rubbish because that was worthless. I need to go off and play with the kids and the dogs. You know, and that's that's all we achieve. It lets you know, stop faffing around, listen to podcasts and singing songs. Go off, because time, you've touched on it again, George. I like that because I I was driving home earlier on and all, everything was coming back to me was saying, I'm, I'm trying to tell my friends and my family and my colleagues, I value my time. I value what I'm doing here. It is not valueless, even if it doesn't pay the rent, as they say at the moment. I feel it is a passion and I know it's a passion and I'm investing in a passion and we really, really enjoy that time well spent. And that's what this is. And We'll figure out the rest afterwards. And I, so time is what we got to become the time guardians because that's the mm. only thing we've got left and value it. And that's where when I came back in here, we're doing this show for 45 minutes or half an hour or something. It's where the time guardian and is that time well spent, well invested. This is our get away from it all time. It's also our invest in the future time and invest in relationship time. And if we're lucky and pack, George does his bit of work and packages, we have the capability of the Doctor Who of time. We've packaged our time for someone to consume. They may enjoy it. They may not. It might help them on their way. It may, may put a smile on their face or I might actually go put a frown on their face because that was the t- worst time they've ever spent trying to listen to what they thought was a coaching and business show only to find out two old farts are just talking about some other shite altogether. You know, so we keep on calling the one thing on the shows. I'm not surprised YouTube customers keep on coming in for four and a half seconds going, that's not what that said. I don't know what that is, but I better get out of here quick because I value my time. But we'll find the right audience soon enough. <laughs> I think what, what was really relevant at the moment is that if everybody is feeling that that imposter syndrome, which we know they are because everybody keeps talking about it, that what also happens with the likes of the shows that we're producing at the moment is that we are demonstrating that we are just like everybody else, that nobody is different. I was, I was listening to, um, uh, oh, what's it? And I forgot his name now. And I was, I was he looks like me. Russell Brand. Not Russell as good looking Brand. with yeah. a beard. I had Willie, Willie Russell on, on, on my mind and, and then Brand somewhere like that. Russell Brand. Russell Brand. There you go. Actually, Russell it wasn't Brand. too far That's away it. from Willie Russell either. You know, there was a oh, couple no, of bearded men in the room. <laughs> That's it. So, so um, Russell Brand was talking to uh, Darren Brown, who was the hypnotist, and he was worried from the very beginning of the show is when's this guy going to hypnotize me? And when am I going to be going around like a squawking chicken? That's what it looked like. But what was really interesting was that both men actually indicated that at some point, in fact, in most of their life, they actually felt as though they were the imposter, that they weren't meant to be there. And yet what's really happening now is that as the likes of uh, 
Russell Brand is, has become more and more confident in what he's doing. He is now going into much richer material, into real depths, and he's being asked to what his views and opinions are because most people are starting to listen to his shows and start saying he has some value. He's not talking nonsense. He's not just doing this silly little thing on a show that really uh, doesn't mean anything. He's actually talking about real things, stuff that others want to know about, stuff that people want to explore, which is why they go down to the pub and it's kind of, I'm just having a beer here. Do you think the world is flat or is it actually a sphere <laughs> or is it a pyramid? You know, is it a tech? Is it the tech? Whatever they call it in, in one of those kind of oblivion shows. What shape is the world? And then the other things that go on is, is that actually most people are living in their own own universe. Garvin definitely is. I'm not really here. I'm, I'm living in my own multiverse, George. I don't digital stuff one. that's going on. <laughs> I'm, move, I'm moving back and forward in time and across. We're moving dimensions. back and forward in different uniforms. <laughs> but what, what's interesting is that we, we suddenly realize that we, we've, we're experiencing our time on this planet differently to what most people are because we have a different perspective just because where we're situated. I'm in this little shed some people might call it, or a log cabin, depending on which perspective you're coming from. <laughs> I like the grandness of the cabin. And, and Garvin's sitting in this massive great big mansion with multiple rooms. I'm in the room. Because the they're in the same room. room. That matters. The only room that matters. <laughs> I'm in my mind's eye. The only room that matters is going on inside your head. Because what's outside yes. is a physical room. What, what you can put into that room is anything. It can make a phone call. You can invite someone into the room. That's what we're doing now virtually into this guest as our shows. We have another room out the back. And in time, there will, we will be in a physical room. The show is called In The Room. And what we want, the though, there's an elephant, a big six-foot or 60-foot pink elephant in the background looming. And we're going, we want you to bring your elephant into the room we want to paint your elephant we want and we it's not about it. the elephant is a problem or this that and the other the elephant is the story bring your story into the room make it a good one don't make it a, it, it, it doesn't have to be a bad one and that's what we're really getting at and actually one thing you said there again i like we have to be we said in one of our shows before we have to befriend our elephant you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend and all this sort of stuff. And it can't be that it's our enemy. Your problem cannot be your enemy because then you will avoid it and it's a war. But if you can befriend that or you can solve that or, or, or basically win the war or, you know, we all come out with white flags and, you know, the war ends. We have to war end the war with these elephants. And that's what we're doing. But the, another thing I was thinking about was great expectations is one thing. We're starting to get... Why would you have a little expectations if this is your life and time on this planet? Have great expectations. Good old Charles Dickens. Don't have the ones that was going on in there. Don't know what the hell that book was about at all. I'm saying have just, just have great expectations. Now, at the same time, if we're all this, if we're all imposters, be a great imposter. That's what I want to be now. If, we're go if we are imposters till we're not, and even for those that are no longer imposters in others' eyes, they feel themselves to be, then actually we're only ever going to be imposters because we're nev we never should be happy. As long as you're impostering, it's okay. So let's go have great expectations and be the greatest of imposters. That's why. Now, that's very interesting because we've had the imposter syndrome and we've had the story of great expectations. And one of the things that's fascinating about Great Expectations, as in Dickens' story, is that everybody is an imposter. Throughout the whole story, each of the different characters who think they're something big and something fanciful and whatever, they live in this grand house and whatever, have all been funded by a um, someone that's been uh, exported or, or got rid of to Australia back in those days. He'd been, he'd been, he was a, a thief or a murderer and he'd been sent abroad to, to Tasmania or Australia who, where he became rich and he sent all his money back to help other people. <laughs> so all these people thought they were grand sort of people and they came from a, a, from a, from a prisoner. And so it was all these great expectations and how people put airs and graces upon things that they shouldn't have done and they didn't realize who they really were. 
And I think that's that's really what these stories are about, because we we're sitting here thinking, who do we go and get on our show and why would they want to come on this show? And they wouldn't come on our little show because it's not really that important. But having said that, when you start to talk to people and you start to engage with them as real people, you suddenly realize that they're having the same fears that you're having because they're frightened about whether should they go out there and do this out and the other, or should they go back into their little huddle and sort of hide behind in the darkness somewhere, in the shadows, and so nobody gets to see them. And we're actually putting a spotlight on them and giving them an opportunity to, to share what they know. With a little man, the unknown man. man. I'm the littlest man in the room oh, because that's I'm it. not starstruck. Oh, six foot seven but the six foot six, that's the whole point. The six foot six leprechaun is what I am. I'm the littlest man in the room <laughs> because I'm not a star. I am an imposter in plain sight. I am the master imposter. And that's what I want to be with George. And I'm hopeful there's two of us at it. And we're going to go out there. We're going... Let's be the imposters in the room. We're not claiming because not that we're no not imposters in the sense of oh look at us we're the star this is the show we're doing it you can't. It's actually what we're trying to do for ourselves is show that anyone can actually get up there do and this. start doing it because that's all it takes. Yeah. It's just start doing it. How far that journey goes is up to yourself. But as just that's the momentum we've started getting the last year. We went from nothing to nearly 100 shows. Now, in the last 10 or 8, it's no longer us. It's someone else there. Now, admittedly, well, I'm not, I'm still a big, I'm still not letting them in. George is trying to give them a couple of questions. There's a, a full 60 minute show of which they might got about three minutes of time, airtime. They got lots of smiley faces, but three minutes of airtime and they didn't even get to talk about themselves. They got to talk about how well, how much they loved us. That was, that, that's about it. But going forward, no, next how they like guests, <laughs> whoever they are, we're, we're going, I'm going, George is going to try and make me behave. But now you try yeah. and keep me in check. We can't promise a damn thing. There's, there's no promises that's going to happen. You can be sure the two of us are there. You can be sure we don't know what the hell the show is about. We can't tell you. You better bring your elephant and you, may, you better make it a good big one. But it's not an elephant on how grand the elephant is and look at, the, look at this elephant I own sort of thing. It's no... It's the elephant in the room that might actually bring us back down to the common man and woman that we're in a hub and no one wants to hear about how many medals you have, or how many films you were in. We want you to bring a different imposter into the room. It's the equalization process. Equality, true equality, bringing everybody down to this baseline. We want a baseline really so far down, we're the star. <laughs> and believe me, that's a hell of a way down for any normal like person. Because for us to shine bright, you're going to need a flamethrower. You're going to need a volcano. You're going to need a, you know, the, the heat of a 50 suns. Because, you know, we don't even know who we are. We're, we're, we're so insignificant in the scheme of things currently <laughs> to shine bright is an impossible task. And we're still going to shine brighter than you if you don't get a word. Now, there's voice. something quite interesting. <laughs> there's something quite interesting, that kind of concept, that because we are insignificant, we are, or, or we see ourselves as being... If you're competing with us, you have a problem. And yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think the reality is, I'm just thinking there, that mo everybody is important to somebody. And I think this is this is why this is why we're getting rattled sometimes. Are you paying the bills? Are you, are you going out and earning a job and all that? That's because you're important. There's an importance there that you have to somebody else that has a need, and and you're the answer to their problem at that particular point in time. Well, hopefully, God willing, that's what they're expecting. There's expectations that are made. Great expectations. We're back there. No, but we have <laughs> to move to no expectations. Mm. You know, now again if well, someone actually there's a weird thing we've got great expectations of ourselves but if great ex the distance from no expectations the great expectations is success or passion or a journey or these these uh, achievements because uh, that's what your journey and vision is a journey from no expectations to great expectations and achieving some actually achieving some of those things and and not being worried if you don't do because We've no expectations of achieving our great expectations. Therefore, anything achieved should be unexpected. But realistically, there should be some. Because the minute you start, you left that comfort zone. I, I think what's, what is, is fascinating is that 
we see a long journey to where we want to go, but we know where the end point is, which is the, the we grave, already have George, it. The, the grave. production academy. <laughs> no, well, yeah, we obituary column of well, the Financial but, Times. <laughs> hopefully, we won't get there before we get to the other part, but we'll see what happens. But even if we do, it's more than likely we're going to be building the bricks up so that somebody else can take over and actually do that. And that's something I think is 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 what's really good about what we're doing. This isn't just about us. This is about sort of developing something for the future. And we know that at some point we won't be part of it because... Because we're not part we're of gone. it now, George. There's a legacy. So, I mean, it's not there's... difficult to achieve. Oh, no, we will be. We will be. We will be. And I think that that's, that's the key point. We have a sense of where we want to go. And what we started a couple of years ago was taking those first steps. And quite often, the very first step is the hardest step. We're now at a point where... This is probably episode 83, 84, or something like that. I can't remember, lost count. But we are just knocking these out once a week. Or in this week, we'll probably end up having three, three videos recorded of what we're doing. We've now got to a point where we're so comfortable in this position, doing what we're doing, having the conversation, having a conversation with either yourself or a couple of other people or whatever. We're happy enough doing this. We've got used to that kind of process that it doesn't fizz us anymore. So we don't panic when we start to do it. You know, I mean, I've heard stories of people coming in front and they, they, they basically their personality just melts in front of the camera and they can't do anything. It become a fumbling you know, bubbling sort of... That explains a lot. Now I'm they all go to pieces. I, I've arrived the opposite <laughs> problem. You can't shut me up. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's all part of the learning process, I think. We, we, we will actually get there. There are times... Well, it's getting those little bits of inserts in there and sort of weaving it together. I think we're, we're doing quite well. But we, we are making, like, I, I mean... You've said a couple of times, we aren't, we're not making any films, George. We're not making films. And I kind of go, we are, we are. And I, and I watched something the other day, and it was a two-minute piece, and it was just a little bit of editing and somebody presenting a story and said, if you like these films, please hit the subscribe button and hit notifications. Like, can I go, see, they're calling it a film. Because the technology today, unlike back in the old days where it was a piece of plastic film running through a camera or a videotape, nowadays, it doesn't matter what you're shooting, whether it's the biggest $250 million feature blockbuster or whether it's one of our little shows the technology is virtually the same it's still creating a digital image of us that we'll play around and edit together so likewise we're making films we've got two cameras that we're doing we're doing multi-camera shoots at the moment which is fascinating and then we're adding background images now the moment, I'm there's just two green screens go, behind us <laughs> we were talking about we were making we're using the language of a different industry the social media industry going we were doing yeah. vlog vlogcasts podcast no 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 that's that's generic well you touched yep. on a lovely word there now which we're making shows that's what yes. we're making because there's production value i just said there's an i don't i think we're entertaining it it doesn't mean it's not entertaining in terms of funny ha ha even though you just look at me and you laugh anyway it's got nothing to do with being funny it's just the stupidity of it and i can't believe it's, I'm always reminded of Father Ted. And I can't, how did that feckin' Egypt get on the TV? That's all I can hear in the back of my mind. I'm not on the television, but we have a show. That is something we, I think we can confidently now say. There is a show. It's called yeah. 52 Joker, Joker's Wild in the Room. It's a show. There's yeah. thought put into it. There's a timeline, a yeah. consistency. There is branding. There is packaging. There is production value. There, there is a budget. There's, there's all of this type of stuff. Now there's a plan. What we now have is a calendar of guests, and we're putting them in a row. And we, we used the language earlier on of why. It's no longer just who for the sake of us. Now become that other little, the what, where, when, why, who. You know, why that person... Who, who's that person? Why them? What, 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 what could we be talking about there? And, you know, so on and so on. It's the what, where, why, who, what, how. And all that comes out in the show. But if we don't, it's not put in an order of functionality whereby you go off and do a bit of research. Oh, they have a startup. Isn't that great? How did you do that? You did it already. You did it. I mean, you've told that to 50 people already. I, I'm not interested in that. Actually, I'm nearly, in, it's like George said. I want to re-baseline you. We want to re-baseline you. We want you to be able to make friends and influence people in the pub without telling us anything about what you do. That's the game. 
yeah, I think that's that's the fascinating bit because <clears throat> what what I started we we've talked about this before and it's been echoed in a few other bits and pieces and and there's a couple of things I want to talk about. One is actually you're saying we're not making telly, we actually are. Now, one of the things about the telly bit is that um, we will I we I sit down with my mom sometimes that our show pops up on our television because we've got YouTube on. And what, what was interesting is that most people's concept of telly is when someone put in a time frame and you had to start then, otherwise, oh, I've missed the last 10 minutes of that show. Or I can't rewind it. We can now rewind. And it's like videotape. And I remember everybody's kind of saying, oh, put the videotape on. We watch the recording that we got last night. Or, or, and this is where it gets worse. Oh, DVD. Can we have a DVD? And you kind of go, no, DVD is a technology that's now gone. It's still a video. I oh, no, no, but we don't want to use the video tape or anymore. We want to use a DVD. No, it's just, it's just a format. It's still the same digital image that we're actually looking at. And I think that, that, that then becomes <laughs> fascinating uh, because of the way those things actually work. And we, we were looking at a few moments ago, we were talking about uh, the story of you. That's that's what we're trying to do. The baselining that we're trying to go on with, with what we want to try and do with people. And one of the fascinating things is, is that as soon as we go into the room and we stop pretending to be a list of things, like, for example, I was a lecturer. Garvin was an accountant. No, that's something we did. We're not anymore. We're just us. That's something, George. The that's something light. they wish that's I did. Something. I was meant oh, to no. be the accountant. I think they <laughs> paid me to be the accountant. Yeah. But when I went in the room, I started going, strategy, dreams, strategy. No, 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 no. Accountant, please. No, so they, that was the problem. Like, the wrong person the went into the room. <laughs> yeah. That's the issue. That's the real issue. Because what happens is, is everybody kind of goes, we want you to do something. We want you to do. Like, we're being treated like this. What does this do? Oh, it staples paper together. Right? That's all we want that to do. Go away. You can't do anything else. You can't be a pen. You can't be, hang on a second. The phone is multifunctional now. It's, it's, it does all these things. It can be a, a lie detector. It can be a, a recording thing. Or it can shoot video. Or it can track where you are. It's amazing. It does multiple things. But we as human beings are being told, what do you do? You can only do one thing. You're not allowed to do more than one thing. You have to do one because because we're so that's that fits into our model. And if you don't do that, you can't do anything else. No, we yeah. can do anything we want to do. And I think that's the most important thing, really. We're not just a lecturer or a filmmaker or a dad. We're us. Yeah. And we come with all these things. Well, that's the problem, having George. the opportunity to strategize, I think, I think, is the important thing. I think you were... I'm editing some of our shows for one of our books and you're giving yes. me a lecture on the verb to be. And, you know, and again, there's the action verbs, I think, to do and are tied in and all the rest. So, you know, yeah. that's the problem. It's when we were going out dressed in our avatar suit of, of functional what we're delivering, we're not being us or being you. We're being the functional yeah. do. And the so therefore... Yeah. The do you want delivered is a function, whereas it's not a be. You know, it's be you doing a do. You know, or, or, or yeah. the funky chicken. I don't know which it is, but there but it's how so do do do. Yeah, it's do do do, and that's a function of being. Yes, you, of not being you. It's a. It's only a silo. So the weird thing is, we I think we associate ourselves in our sense of being with one doing, and therefore. Yeah. I'm an accountant and I am doing accountant things and my personality go, is as accountants should be. And that was a yeah. misfit from day one. Every time I open my mouth, they're going, you're not an accountant. You know, I can't take it seriously as an accountant. You don't talk like an accountant, don't look like an accountant. I know you use some figures, but I know you've got a yeah. piece of paper that says you are. But as soon as you open your mouth up, your personality does a total override of your doing function. And we can't take you seriously as that. Now we can see the evidence of it, but our confidence in it is you need to be grey suit, close down a little bit, do a bit, count a few beans out there, because our avatar understanding of what an accountant is, is it's a very droneish, functional, mathematical, logical, advice, professional yeah. You know, at, at a distance. Whereas I walk in the room, you know, I'm just, I'm just out there. I'm Big Bird. That's it. I'm, I'm running around like a headless Big Bird chicken, and I'm go, and, and I'm not what I meant to be, no matter what it says on the back of the tin. You know, that's my problem. Well, 
well, I, but I don't think that's a problem. That's somebody else's no, problem. No, someone else's really, problem. Oh, you're right on the head. That is a perfectly somebody it. else's problem. My doing and being has been in conflict yeah. for too long. Now the being is aligning with the passion. Therefore, I do feel, and I do feel we are more aligning. We're not schizophrenic, not schizophrenic anymore. That's the problem. I think too many people have multiple personalities because of the multiple functions they, they have to carry out in their job roles. Therefore, they cannot yeah, you comfortably think about be the, themselves. Uh, yeah, you think about the hyphen, uh, multi-hyphenates that everybody's now calling themselves as they do multiple things. And, and they're becoming like schizophrenic. You can't do... I mean, one of the biggest problems that always used to happen, I remember in the early parts of my career, it was kind of, well, you can't do that, George, because that's above your pay scale. I'm not going to go, I can do that. No, no, no. We don't want you to do that because that's not what we want you to do. We want you to do this and we have to give you permission to do that. And I'm kind of going, why? Why? I can do that. And one of the things I love about what we're trying to do, and I think this is very important for those people that want to go and do filmmaking, especially when we're all put into silos where, where the gatekeepers basically stop us from moving forward. It's actually saying, I don't need your permission to do this. I have decided that, and actually collectively, we've decided that we can do something together. And we know that other people are excited by it because it will give them the opportunity and permission to do stuff. But a lot of people still seem to need permission to do stuff. And it holds them back. They don't get the chance to really see what their full potential is. They don't even get permission, George. We touched on this no, earlier they don't. on. And yeah. I think we called it, it's a psychology of cues. You know, because yes. the gatekeepers are a top of cues. There's doors that gatekeepers are, you know, are the gatekeepers too. But there's cues yeah. of people, 500 people with a script. One, there's only a budget for one. There's 600 people for a job. There's only a job for one. Therefore, what happens when for number two and three in the queue, they can actually see what's going on. They feel, yeah. I just missed that. I just missed that chance. Why I'm so far back down that queue. It's around the I corner. Know. It's like the queue for pennies on Ikea. We had lately with the, you know, when they, when they opened the shops up again, <laughs> they're, they're driving for three miles. And I'm, I don't even know, I actually saw a queue and I just got into it. I didn't know what they're queuing for. You know, because it just seemed, that's what you do. You join the queue. You're meant to we skip queues. <laughs> Uh, we were in, yeah, we were in Dublin uh, over last week, and um, it was interesting. You got, I don't know what the shop was, but it was something like pennies, and there's literally a hundred people sort of social distancing all the way down the street, and there and there was a couple kind of going, oh, it's almost our turn to get into the shop. And these two people walked straight past them into the shop, and nobody stopped them. They were going, going God. The cheek of them, but well, you all want to be them, George. You have the yeah, empathy, they did. That was it. you have the morals. You go, Oh, I wouldn't do that. That, and you go, Well, you're effing and blind them under your breath, but at the same time, yeah. you push that aside. Go, I should have fucking done that. I should, I thought of that, <laughs> I didn't want that because I think about what that bunch are thinking about me if I did that. But they went and did it, yeah, they just went, they went and did it. it. I'm still in the queue, they've sold out a half price TVs when I get up there. What should you have done? Yeah. What was the aftermath yeah. worrying about what other people's things? I got the TV for half price. I skipped the queue. I had my cappuccino yeah. after the fact. 300 people got washed out in the rainstorm in the queue. And there was four TVs when you got there. And it's a, it's a five seat, five quid Ryanair flights of which there's three seats. And everybody just pays, you know, the going price. Yeah. Don't join queues. Because the one thing you will consume is the most valuable thing you have, your time. What else yeah. could you be doing? Avoiding that queue. And it's not avoiding the queue. It's skipping it, moving it, jumping in front. It's re moving the queue. It's not this thing of getting in front of other people and you know, denying them and, and shooting them down and putting them down because they were there taking their turn, doing their best. But yeah. we're all... What you I, I give a good example, thing, though, George, of... I was, yeah. I was in a company, Vodafone, as a consultant many a year ago. Now, I wasn't, I'm not being reminded of working in Vodafone. I'm being reminded of the Costa coffee queue in the foyer. And what the managements on the senior floor were given out about was all the consultants at 200 quid an hour taking 15 minutes to get their coffee downstairs. So they were being paid 50 quid 
to get a one euro fifty subsidized coffee from Starbucks or Costa downstairs. They says we need to make the coffees bloody free. We need to double the staff on the Costa thing because it's costing us a fortune in consultancy fees for coffee. It, 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 the madness of there is a short-sighted. <laughs> yeah, there's a short-sightedness there as well because one of the problems is that because everybody kind of going, we need to get them back working and not spending that 15 minutes. I know that in 15 minutes when when we were lecturing, that's when you had a chance to talk to somebody else and something you thought was a massive nightmare of a problem because you then had another perspective being introduced to you and, oh, right, that's not as bad as I thought it was and I can get on with what I'm trying to get on with. So those things were critical because they ended up solved. That 15 minutes of going down and having a cup of coffee with your mates suddenly could solve all kinds of problems and get things done quicker. Whereas without it, you suddenly found yourself doing something and it lasted three or four weeks into the future of headaches. Oh, George, you're not doing the math. Really In a big firm like that with hundreds of consultants yeah. on the floor, what they suddenly realized was eight hours of a queue of a full day's work and it cost a you know, coffee doc thing was actually costing the bones of 16,000 quid a day because it was two, saying that it was a thousand quid yeah. a day. It was 200 quid an hour for these consultants. So the equivalent of a consultant in a queue for eight hours, didn't matter which consultant was a 1600 quid queue for coffee for, for day that paying might, for <laughs> Yeah. But that might've been cheaper yes. than that same consultant suddenly or, same block of consultants having to spend 10 hours. Oh, the problem was they were doing that as well. Problem. That's the problem. They were being yeah. paid to do the day job. They were also being paid to go for the coffee. Therefore, they yeah. were doubly paid when he went back for the hour that they missed because he had to make it up for being in a queue for an hour for coffee. So the whole trick here I, is... I, I wonder about that because I, I, I actually do believe that quite often... Uh, it's, it's I know you're thinking, they, just I know thinking, you're the thinking of the water yeah. cooler... Uh, solve the problem chat where the team comes together and i do agree i do yeah. agree that this yeah. was just a bunch yeah. of accounts going we can't believe we're spending a quarter of a million quid a year on, co on consultants <laughs> for coffee when the coffee doc only makes 50. it doesn't make any sense <laughs> but that aside but that's that's because as we talked about a short time ago <laughs> we are getting to the end of the show <laughs> that's because they didn't value that they only saw the person as a tool to yes. do one thing they didn't see that there was other things going on at play that could solve those problems for them. And they were just putting it down tomorrow. It's the same as you said, what, you know, everybody complained because the old fart came in and hit the hammer on the one spot that needed to, to fix the big machine. And it cost 10,000 pounds. They kind of go, why is that 10,000 pounds? Because I've got the expertise to know it's that spot. But I love spot. what you're saying, George, because it wasn't the 10,000 pounds. It was it was costing a no, there was a weird thing going on there. It was costing yeah. a million a day for that ship not to sail. But as soon yes. as you fixed the problem at the 10 grand, even though you were saving a million a day, they went now because it's already solved, the problem becomes the 10 grand. And that was yes. and rather than seeing keeping the solution and the value of what was solved and the fact it was nearly cheap. Are you sure you don't want 20? Should have been the question. And, and here's a yes. bonus because I can't believe we're back up and running faster. It was this mentality of separating yeah. the parts back into you know, white and black, yin and yang, one and zero, when it was the holistic needs to stay intact. And therefore, when can we get you back to prevent the next one? And could you look at this other one over here as well? Because that might yes. just go wrong. Yes. Give it a double tap of the hammer. We're back to cues. It's every time I see a cue, you're going, do we all, we're not even in the queue. Actually, there's other things whereby we don't even get into the queue. So we stop because the queue is so long, the imposter syndrome goes into overdrive. Even if I had everything I need and all the rest of it, should look at all them too, aren't they brilliant? And they have it as well, and they're already one ahead of me. So that's where everyone in CV land and HR land says, don't you know? Don't get into the queue of ten thousand CVs. Don't because the mm. algorithm will strip you out before you've even if you didn't have the right language. It was never about the personality and visibility because it became the maths and functionality, and it wasn't even a person in the machine. So therefore, we have decided to court our peer groups, and we're going to be seen to be the imposter in the room in plain sight, and we're going to be there going. The queue starts here.
because we need new cues. They need to be short. They need to be fast. They need to, they need to be moving. And they need to let people know what's going on if you're in the wrong queue, whether you should be in the queue, whether you got to the end, you would be told after the fact you weren't getting it anyway. It's this lack of information communication is the problem out there because people are powerless in queues and have no information as to whether they're even in the right line with the right piece of paper. So I hate queues. Let's make up our own. Yeah. Well, I think let's, okay, we're, we're actually, would you believe, at the end of this show? And I think it's a really good place to finish because we've ended up starting about spitfires and hurricanes. And if you're a, a butterfly on this side of the world, all those tornadoes on the other side of the world are caused by the butterfly wings. We've also gone into the queue thing. But what we've also started to realize that we can't, we shouldn't see ourselves as multi hyphenated because. That's just what we do at different times of our life when the time slice works. But who we are is what gives us the experience to do all those different jobs. And in the past, we've quite often been told, oh, you're not given permission to do this. You have to know your place. It's here. Don't move until I tell you. Okay, now you can function when I tell you to function. And none of us like that. None of us like that because we're more than just this one little function or that little function. And we don't like being put into the box because based on the wide breadth of experience that we have, we can start to scheme, I say scheme, but I mean, strategize about processes and see that if we do things this way, because we've had all these different perspectives, we can now see how things can work smoothly, but also treat each of the people that are in there as human beings, not as things that do stuff, but who they are, human beings. I think that's brilliant. I think and that's now kind of I'm gonna end on the last thing that you just gave me the trigger. Be yeah, go on. the imposter in the room. Be the imposter. Yeah. Well, what does imposter mean? No, it just means what, how you do- shouldn't have been there. You are there. You got yourself there. Yeah. And when you, and when you well, get kind of comfortable there, get into another room. Because yeah. you need to it be kind of imposter in that room a fake to be growing. Of something. That's it. Yeah. Until you're comfortable. Because that means you're uncomfortable there. You are there. Yeah. So it's not be the imposter, stay the imposter. It's you got to be the imposter in the room. But you got to put yourself yes. there, get into that room, and be the imposter till you're not. And I think one of the lovely things about what's been said in this show is that we've started to recognize that we have a show. We have something of meaning. We're comfortable coming into this now and hitting the record button and having a conversation. We're not worried about the, the technology looking at us and, and sort of starting to judge ourselves. We're just relaxing and having this conversation because we're happy to do that. And that's what we want other people to come into the room and do as well. Not to worry about who they, what they do and I think that's really what we've come down to. We don't, it's not about what you do. We want to know who you are and the being that you are that is, is which makes us all really happy and we can get, escape that kind of rat race that's out there at the moment and just be us. Be now, be present and enjoy what we're actually doing. I think really that's the end of the show. That's it. So be the elephant. Be you. <laughs> be the elephant. Be you. Bye for now. Thanks a lot. Take care. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.